This evening, we're going to pick up right where Pastor left off last Wednesday evening, and he left off dealing with the importance of how in our lives we need to develop our own faith. In your life, you need to develop your own faith, and you need to develop your own faith in your family, and in, if you have children in your parenting and child raising, you need to develop your own faith in your finances. And you need to develop your own faith regarding your physical body and the health of your family members. Praise God for the prayer of agreement. Praise God for the laying on of hands. Praise God for the gifts of the Spirit. Dr. Fred Price would always say that we love the gifts of the Spirit because when the gifts are in manifestation and operation, we ride and everything's easy. But day by day, we have to walk by faith. We have to walk by the word, and so it's so important in our lives that we learn how to develop our own faith and how to use our own faith to pray regarding our health, our physical health, our physical bodies, to pray regarding our family, to pray regarding our finances, and sometimes people fall out with us about this. They get upset about the idea, the concept of believing God for money, but I would say that believing God for money is a whole lot easier than believing God regarding some difficult physical challenge, some life and death situation. And so it's better to learn how to develop your faith on practical, everyday things that aren't life and death. You know, if you're believing God for an extra $500 by Friday and it doesn't come in by Friday, you just keep believing God. But, uh, you know, we'll still see you on Sunday morning. Amen. Amen. And so sometimes what people do is they they hit the wall, they get jammed up. It's a serious situation. It is life and death. And then they want to figure out how to believe God. Then they want to figure out how faith works. Then they want to figure out how to receive from God. You have to develop your own faith. And then over time, you have to stretch and exercise your faith. And we're all at a different place. And that's why Pastor says, we're, we're not the faith police. Amen. We're not the faith police. If someone messages us or emails us and sends a prayer request and says, Pastor Austin, you know, I have, and we just got an email like this in the past seven days. And it was actually a great email because he said, I previously had a challenge. I emailed, asked y'all to pray. Y'all prayed and I had a miracle testimony. So I'm, I'm doing this again. And he, he said that he was going to have a procedure on Monday and asked us to be in agreement that everything would go well, that he would have a good recovery, it would be a good surgery, good recovery, no issues. Well, I didn't email him back and say, well, brother, you ought to believe God for more. Amen. I emailed him back and said, yes, we will pray and we'll be in agreement that everything will go well, that you'll have a quick recovery and that you're the blessed and healed of God and you'll be blessed going in and blessed coming out. So in your life, wherever you're at, whatever level you're at, you have to learn how to develop your own faith. And you might be able to believe God for more regarding your health or healing than say in the area of finances. You have to grow and stretch and develop your faith in every area of life. Pastor left off with John 15 and verse seven. John 15, seven, the NIV. Jesus said, if you remain in me and my words remain in you, Ask whatever you wish. The New King James says desire. Ask whatever you wish or desire, and it will be given unto you. 
And Pastor concluded last Wednesday evening with this question, what price would you pay if you knew you could live at the whatsoever you wish level or at the whatsoever you desire level? We all need to develop our faith. We all need to stretch our faith. We all need to believe God for more. And our Heavenly Father wants us to have more. He wants us to do more. He wants us to achieve more. He wants us to be vessels through which he can work to do more. And so we have to lift up our eyes and not be satisfied with the status quo. Praise God for last year's miracles. Praise God for last year's testimonies. But we ought to want to see greater in our lives and through us and in our church family. We ought to want to see God do greater. And so the question, what price would you pay if you knew you could live at the whatsoever you wish or whatsoever you desire level? And we talk about things like spending time in the Word of God or spending time in prayer. And I think sometimes someone might say, oh, yeah, you know, I've heard that. But see, what, what if you knew that if you doubled your prayer time or your time in the Word that you, your, your, your place, your level in life would be double a year from now? Well, see, I, I bet you wouldn't be complaining about it then. Amen. You, you would get up tomorrow and instead of 10 minutes in the Word and 10 minutes in prayer, you, you would have no problemo doing 20 minutes in the Word Amen. and 20 minutes in prayer. And there is a price. A. a. Allen a great minister and healing evangelist. He wrote a classic Pentecostal book. The title is The Price of God's Miracle-Working Power. And I think that would offend this generation today. You know, this generation wants to hear that we don't have to do anything, that uh, we're blessed no matter what we do, that there is no price, uh, but that is a facade, that is an illusion. It is very, very destructive. And he wrote a great classic work on ministers walking in the power of God. It's called the price of God's miracle working power and things that the Lord showed him from scripture that he needed to do to walk in the power of God. But then he also said that the Lord gave him specific things regarding his own personal life. He had to do and he had to give up if he wanted to walk in the power of God. And if I remember one or two of those things were so personal he, he, he alludes to it in the book, but he has never, never said what they were. But he walked in the power of God, and he was powerfully used of the Lord in the healing ministry. And so I know Sunday at 11 a.m., I was talking about the Holy Spirit leading us and guiding us and directing us and convicting us and moving on our hearts regarding things to do, ways in which to be a blessing, things to change, things to do, to do differently. Well, see, what, what if we could see a picture, a movie of where we'd be in a year or two if we just walked in 100% complete cooperation and in complete obedience? Well, we'd, strop, we'd stop dragging our feet. We would start cooperating, and uh, we'd start having a good attitude about obeying. Well, we'd have positive things about what the Lord is dealing with us about. So we have to remain or abide in Him and His words should remain and abide in us, which means to live in, to settle down in, to take up residence in. So that can't be an occasional thing. That can't be a once a week thing. That can't be an only a Sunday or a Wednesday thing. 
We have to abide in him and his words need to abide in us. And so you have to develop your walk with the Lord. You have to spend time in prayer and spend time in the word. And when you pray, not just talk, not just ask, but also listen and be, be led and be quiet before the Lord. What did Jesus tell us? Mark 11, beginning in verse 24, Therefore I say unto you, what things soever ye desire. Who desires? Me. You do. What things soever I desire. What things soever you desire. And when we teach on prayer, we explain that anything that is consistent with a godly and righteous life from the Word. And sometimes because of religion or upbringing, people feel bad believing God. People feel bad about the dreams or desires of their heart. But as long as it's righteous, as long as it's consistent with the godly life, where, where do you think that dream or that desire came from? Think that's the devil? Put, put it on your heart to make more money so you can take your family on vacation? You think that's the devil? No. See, see, righteous dreams and desires and plans and aspirations and goals, those things come from the Lord. And he wants to lead us there. Amen. Therefore I say unto you, what things soever ye desire, the NIV says, or whatever you ask for, when you pray, believe that you receive them and ye shall have them. Say, say I shall have them. Shall have say it again, say, I shall have them. Shall have them. So hey, our Heavenly Father, He loves us. He's for us. Sunday at 11, I quoted Matthew 6, 8. He, know, he knows what we need before we ask. He, wa he wants us to have our every need met. He wants us to have more than enough. He, he wants us to be happy and fulfilled. And if you're married in your marriage, if you, you have a family, he, he wants your home to be a happy place, a peaceful place, a place filled with the love of God. And yes, he wants you to be blessed so you're not living a life of worry. So you're not living a life of anxiety. So you can be a blessing wherever you go. You can be a blessing here at the house of God. You can be a blessing during the week. You can be a blessing to your, your children and your, your family. And we, we've been talking to our girls, the older girls, about you know, gratitude and thanksgiving because you know, they, they've grown up in an atmosphere when there, there's a desire, we go to believe in God, and it's not a matter of if, it's just a matter of when. But because of that, they, they kind of sometimes take it for granted. And so I told Jessica, sometimes I feel like I turn around, they're, they're asking me for this and asking me for that. But our, our Heavenly Father wants us to have the desires of our hearts. Amen. And Jesus taught us to pray for our desires. And that if we pray in faith, according to the word, we will have the things that we desire. And so we talk to them about, you know, we have to be thankful and grateful for every blessing. Amen. And when you present a desire, you know, the answer is yes, but it may not be tomorrow. And that's why we go to believe in God. Or when you're older, that's why you go to work and you set money aside. Amen. Amen. We, have, we have to train them in these things. So in God, by faith, you can have the things that you desire as long as it's consistent with a godly and righteous life. But to do that, to have the things that we desire, we have to believe that we receive them. According to Mark eleven twenty four. 24, when we pray, we have to believe that we receive them. And then as Jesus taught, when he taught on prayer, we have to remain in him. And his words have to remain or abide 
in us. We see the same concept in Matthew 17 and verse 20. Jesus said, I tell you the truth, if you have faith as small as a mustard seed. You know, sometimes we, we get it in our minds, before I can ask, before I can believe, before I can confess, I, I've got to have more faith. We each have a measure of faith. Got to develop the faith you have. Got to use the faith you have. Got to believe God and confess and pray with the faith you have. And it's doing that that will grow and develop your faith. And what Jesus said should encourage us all because he said, I tell you the truth, if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, and a mustard seed's a little, little tiny seed, but it produces a great big hardy tree in that part of the world. If you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move. Nothing will be impossible for you. So all things are possible with God. And whatever level that you have believed him at in your life, your family, your health, your finances, you can believe him at greater levels. And we, we look for things in our lives that are non-fatal to exercise our faith on. You know, maybe, maybe on your body you have something that's a growth of some kind. It, it's not an issue. It's not fatal. Well, why not use your faith to believe God that that would disappear or that would fall off? And you know, Austin, what if it doesn't happen by tomorrow? It's going to be there anyway. Why not believe God? Why not exercise your faith? Why not learn how faith works? Michaela, at a point a few years ago, had several warts. And, and one she had on a finger, and because of where it was, and it was into the fingernail, was very painful. And of course, as parents, we, we love our children. We don't want them to be in pain. We don't want them to suffer. But that had been checked out. That had been treated. That had been messed with. And, you know, it was, one of, it was by one of uh, Pastor Sue's approved dermatologists. Amen. Great lady. Knows what she's doing. <laughs> but it would seem to just come back and be painful. It was an issue. And so we just set about believing God and confessing that that was disappearing, that was going away, that one day it would just be gone. And we, we taught Michaela how to do the same thing. And we, we walked her through that. And Jessica would probably remember the exact amount of time. And it, it didn't happen in a matter of days or weeks or even months. But, but there came a day where she told us and showed us it, it, it was gone. And it is gone. And it hasn't come back. And so in your life, whether it's in your physical body, it's in your finances, it's a desire of your heart, to, to do something, to add something to your home, to, to go somewhere. You, you have to learn how to exercise your faith on daily things. And then when you get those answers or those testimonies to then develop and stretch your faith and believe God for greater things. And that's why with money, pastor challenges us to believe God for what you think is a stretch at your current level to get the answer, to get the victory, and then to move on to higher levels. You know, before I came up during the last worship song, I was meditating upon that. Our Heavenly Father, he'll, he'll give us whatever we ask for. He'll give us whatever we desire as long as it is consistent with his word. You know, Paul tells us that God gives seed to the sower. So, so one of the ways I exercise my faith in that area 
is when I know there are special things coming up, I just go to believing God that he'll give us seed to sow and that it'll come in above and beyond. So even when the seed is sown, it's not costing us anything. We're not going backwards. So I exercise my faith, believing my heavenly father for the seed to sow. Then once it comes in and the seed has been sown, then I thank him for the harvest. And again, you might think, well, that's crazy. Well, this is one of the ways in which we have learned to exercise our faith. I remember last fall, coming up to the fall challenge offering, and you know, I, I just had in my heart a specific amount. So I, I made it a matter of prayer and began thanking Father God that he was bringing that amount into our hands above and beyond a seed to sow. And when you look to the Lord as your source, things happen or things come in in the most unusual ways. And that's why you can't fall into the trap of looking to the job or looking to a particular, particular relative or looking to someone that has been a blessing in the past because then you've made them or that thing or that job your source and not the Lord. Amen. When the Lord is your source, it's coming one way or another. And so last fall, I just began to believe God that, that he was giving us seed to sow. And there was a day that that exact amount was handed to me. Seed to sow. And so if you'll exercise your faith and believe God, he'll hear you, he'll answer you. And you get that victory, you get that testimony. You develop and stretch your faith to that level, then you can go on to believing God, believing God for more. But how will you know if you don't seek to develop your own faith? How will you know if you don't believe God for, say, $100 above and beyond? How will you know that you can believe him for $500 above and beyond or $1,000 above and beyond, whatever it is? If you have faith as a seed. And what is faith as a seed? Faith as a seed is faith that takes action. It takes action. So what price would you pay if you knew you could live at the nothing impossible level? That you could have what things soever you desire? We have to do, do our part. We have to be doers of the word of God as James teaches us. You have to take action and have faith as a seed. You have to, as Joshua, we find out the Lord told Joshua, we have to meditate on the word of God day and night, being careful to do how much that is written in it. And we're, we're right now, we, we are in it. We are in the anti-homework generation. I won't do anything. And I, I'm going to be blessed no matter what I do. But the Lord told Joshua to fear not and to meditate on his word day and night, to be strong and courageous, and to be careful to do what? Everything written in it. And that's why a pastor teaches that when we become doers of the word in every area of life, that's when you have days of heaven upon the earth. But if there are areas where you choose not to be a doer of the word and do your own thing, well, those are the areas where you don't have days of heaven. You have days of trouble. Say this, say, I'm a doer of the word. Say, I take action, and so I have faith as a seed. And that means, say, that means nothing is impossible for me. But wherever you're at, at your level, whatever the victories have been, whatever the things have been that have not yet come to pass, you have to believe God and develop your faith and practice and exercise and stretch your faith at your current level. 
When you remain in him and his word remains in you, when you're a doer of the word, when you meditate on his word day and night and you're careful to do everything written in it, when you take action and have faith as a seed, then you will have what things soever you desire. Then you will have whatever you ask for. When you take action and have faith as a seed, then nothing will be impossible for you. When you take action and have faith as a seed, that, that's the kind of life where Father God hears and he answers. You know, James tells us the prayer of what kind of man? A righteous man. And it's a reference to who? You're like, man, I did, he, he's not only talking about homework, he's giving us a quiz during the service. <laughs> the prayer of a righteous man is powerful and effective. Who, who was James talking about? I heard someone, someone had it right, Elijah. Well, you go back and read about Elijah. Was, was he a compromiser? No. Was he a ne'er-do-well? No. Was he one of those anti-homework people? No. Was he one of those anti-doer of the word people? No. Was he one of those people that had some revelation that he, he's blessed and doesn't need to do anything to be blessed? No. See, he was a righteous man. And in wicked days, he walked in righteousness. One of the things that's going on right now in the body of Christ is there's an emphasis on righteousness without also teaching that we're actually to live as the righteousness of God in Christ. And that is sanctification. So if someone teaches on righteousness, but they leave out sanctification, they've left out half the equation. Elijah was a righteous man. He walked with God as a righteous man. So when he prayed, heaven heard and heaven answered. When he prayed, fire came down. So you, you can live a life where Father God hears and answers. You, you can live a life where when you pray, the healing power of God manifests. You, you can live a life where when you pray, miraculous provision is coming one way or another. And who just, who just happened to be fed by ravens in days of famine? <laughs> that same guy, that, that guy that lived righteously in wicked days. God's word is a letter of love that he has written to us. And as the Bible tells us in 1 John chapter 4, and in the Song of Solomon, God is love. And his, his banner over us is love. You've heard us say that every command that he has given us is for our good. It is for our benefit. He, he loves us. He wants us to have his best. And everything that he has done for us is because of his love. Jesus unveiled the love of Father God to us. Helps us to see it, to understand it, to know it. And his word reveals his love. We walk in his love by walking in the word of God. We walk in his love by walking according to the word of God. We walk in love by doing things and handling things the way the Bible tells us to. On Sunday, July 10th, pastor said, and he said this by the Spirit, you can tell what's, being, what's important by what's being attacked. Fatherhood, motherhood, family, and the Word of God. 
And I don't believe it's a coincidence. You know, Satan's a liar. Satan is a deceiver. Satan is a saboteur. And it's no coincidence that because of all the crazy things, governments around the world, not just our own government, because of all the things that governments around the world have been doing, not just the last few years, but for a long time, that we, we see, and anybody paying attention sees that there are, there are some choppy waters ahead economically. So of course, of course, yes, Satan is leading people down this path of, well, when it comes to your finances, you don't have to be a doer of the word. But the very same people that would claim to be men of faith, they stayed home for more than two years. And they would have us believe that they believe in divine healing and the laying on hands. Well, not if you stayed home for more than two years. But it is no coincidence when troublesome days are ahead that there are men being used of Satan to lead God's people down the path that they don't have to be doers of the word. And that when it comes to their finances, they don't have to be doers of the word. That, that, that's the deceit of Satan. That is the wickedness of Satan. And again, we, we're a pastor is to be a shepherd and is to love the flock and to care for the flock and to protect the flock and to feed the flock. And so a pastor who's really a pastor understands the damage and the destructiveness those things do in the lives of people when they believe that and then begin heading down that road. Jesus has spoken to us in love. Jesus says, if you abide in me, Someone might say, Austin, that sounds like I have to do something. Yes, you have to abide. You have to remain. His word has to remain in you. And praise God if you did a great job abiding in him and his word abiding in you last year or last week. But this is the way we're to live every day of our lives until we see him face to face. Jesus says, if you abide in me, we're new creations. We're to abide in him. And his word is to abide and remain in us. If we love him, of course we should want to spend time with him in prayer. If we love him, of course we should want to spend time talking to him and listening to him and being led by him. If we love him, of course we should want to spend time in his word, reading and studying and meditating on his word. If we love him, of course it should be our desire to walk together with him more closely, more into, intimately, more aligned, more attuned in close fellowship. If we love him, if we love him, we're going to love his word. If we love him, we're going to be doers of his word. In love, Jesus told us, John 15, 7, this time I'll read it out of the New King James, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire, and it shall be done for you. One of my favorite verses is Psalm 37, verse 4, delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. Can I, can I say, though, honestly, that I'm delighting myself in him if I'm not a doer of the word? Can, can, I, can I say I'm delighting myself in him if on Sunday morning when, as Tiff Shuttlesworth says, roll call takes place, I'm absent? 
Can I, I say I'm delighting myself in him if I don't spend time meditating upon and reading and studying his word? Can I, can I say I'm delighting in him if the only time he hears from me is when there's a need or an emergency or because I've been doing my own thing that it's a major emergency? See, if we love him, we're going to love his word. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire. Say, say what I desire. What I desire. He, he wants us to have our desires. Amen. And as long as they are good and godly and righteous, those desires are not from the devil. They're from our heavenly father. He, he wants to do great things in your life and in your family. He, he wants to do great things through you. And whatever you've achieved and what you do for a living, if you'll have eyes to see and a heart that listens to the Lord, he, he wants to use you to do great things. I'd have to look through notes, but I think it was a message early on in this series. It was the light of people reading the word of God and walking with the Lord that brought Europe out of the dark ages. The Renaissance, the Industrial Revolution, none of that would have happened without people being able to read the Bible for themselves. Walking with the Lord, talking with the Lord, receptive to divine ideas. He, he wants to do great things in your life. He wants to do great things through your life. John 16, verse 23, in that day you will no longer ask me anything. I tell you the truth, my Father will give you whatever. Say, say whatever. whatever. My Father will give you whatever you ask in my name. Until now, you have not asked for anything in my name. Ask and you will receive and your joy will be complete. So we're to be full of joy. And one of the things that produces great joy is answered prayer. Amen. And testimonies and a good report look what the Lord has done that, that's the kind of life we're to live ask and you will receive and your joy will be complete that's who we're to be Amen. first John 5 beginning in verse 14 this is the confidence we have in approaching God that if we ask anything according to his will we could say according to his word he hears us and if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have what we have asked of him. Amen. Now, there is a biblical truth many refuse to acknowledge. You can limit God. You can limit what God does in your life. Amen. You can limit what God does through your life. The wilderness generation that Moses led out of Egypt, they, they limited God. Psalm 78, beginning in verse 41, says... Yea, they turned back and tempted God and limited the Holy One of Israel. There are people and they're of the mindset that, well, God's will is just automatically going to come to pass in their life. Another way I've heard that preached is that God has a certain destination for you. And that no matter what you do, no matter what choice you make, you're, God's going to get you there no matter what. Well, that is erroneous. I'm a, I'm a young man. But I've seen people, because of wrong choices, wrong decisions, or not living wholeheartedly for the Lord, their life is not what it could have been. Amen. 
So it's erroneous to tell people, well, you just do whatever. We got, God's going to get you there one way or another. Not if you're on the wrong train. Pastors talked about trains a whole lot lately. Now, some people, they're just on the wrong one entirely. Well, you're not going to get to the right destination. They limited the Holy One of Israel. And I, I would encourage you in your study time to read all of Psalm 78 and all of Hebrews 3 and 4. I, I just want to share a few, few highlights real quick. And as, they, as I, we do this, they'll, they'll put some of this up on screen. Psalm 78, verse 5, he decreed statues for Jacob and established the law in Israel, which he commanded our forefathers to teach their children so the next generation would know them. Verse 8, that they would not be like their forefathers, a stubborn and rebellious generation whose hearts were not loyal to God, whose spirits were not faithful to him. Verse 10, they did not keep God's covenant. They refused. Say, they refused. They refused to live by his law, did their own thing. Verse 17, they continued to sin against him, rebelling in the desert against the Most High. They willingly put God to the test by demanding the food they crave. Verse 19, they spoke against God. Verse 22, they did not believe in God or trust in his deliverance. And yet, and yet, God was good to them. And yet, and yet, their, their shoes, their, their sandals did not wear out. Their clothes did not wear out. And yet, verse 25, men ate the bread of angels. He sent them all the food they could eat. Verse 27, he rained meat down on them like dust, flying birds like sand on the seashore. Verse 29, they ate until they had more than enough. Verse 32, in spite of all of this, they kept on you're like, I, I'm not looking at my Bible. I'm just waiting for it to be on screen. They kept on sinning. In spite of his wonders, they did not believe. Verse 41, again and again, they put God to the test. They, they vexed, not just angered, they vexed the Holy One of Israel. Well, Austin, I, I thought I saw on Instagram that God doesn't get upset, ever. I thought I saw on Facebook that God's not angry about anything or anyone, anytime, place, no matter what they do. That's why you need to do the daily Bible reading. Amen. And I would encourage you in your study time to read Hebrews chapter 3 and Hebrews chapter 4, and then just read all of Hebrews while you're at it. It'll bless you. Amen. Amen. But the author of Hebrews, likely Paul, uses the wilderness generation as an example that by their sin their disobedience their rebellion their unbelief they missed out on the promises of God they missed out on the rest of God they they missed out on the blessings of God they they missed out on God's best both in this life and in eternity and so you look at Hebrews 3 and 4 he uses them as an example look at Hebrews 3 verse 19 they were not able to enter because of their unbelief. Hebrews 4, verse 6, it remains that some will enter that rest. And those who formerly had the gospel preached to them did not go in because of their disobedience. Again and again in these chapters today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts. Verse 9, there remains then a Sabbath rest for the people of God. Verse 11, let us therefore make every effort 
Now that word is actually there in your New Testament. Make every effort to enter that rest so none will fall by following their example of disobedience. So they, they, they fell short. They missed out on God's blessing. And the author of Hebrews uses them as an example that we're, we're not to fall short. We're not to miss out. We're, we're to make every effort to enter into everything our Heavenly Father has for us. But you're not going to get there with, by doing your own thing. You're not going to get there with sin or disobedience or rebellion or unbelief. And if you've got sin in your life, it'll limit what God wants to do. If you've got disobedience in your life, it'll limit what God wants to do and what God is willing to do in your life. If you've got rebellion in your life, it'll limit what God can do. If you have unbelief in your life, it'll limit what God, God can do. You know, I remember this would have been early on. You know, it's amazing. I, I think most of us were overcomers before the media even knew what was taking place. But it was just after family Christmas, I want to say that was the end of 2019, headed into 2020. But M Michaela had a very, very high fever. And again, you know, when you're a good parent, you love them, protect them, believe in God. But still, you know, we're going to make sure that they're, they're not in pain or suffering. And, and it was high, you know, 103 and north of 103. So Jessica and I were having that conversation. Do we or don't we? When do we? But of course, we know in retrospect, had we taken her, they, they would not have known what it was. And so will we just believe God Amen. that she would be okay and that she would be okay by morning. And she was. Jesus said, Matthew 9, 29, according to your faith, will it be done unto you? But as we saw last week, Mark 6, beginning in verse 4, you can limit God. But Jesus said unto them, a prophet is not without honor, but in his own country and among his own kin and in his own house. And he could there do no mighty work, save or accept. He laid his hands upon a few sick folk and healed them. And he marveled because of their unbelief. So mighty miracles did not take place that day. There were not dramatic healings that day. Why? Because it was the will of God. No, because of their unbelief. And he went round about the villages teaching. So Jesus was limited or hindered or stopped by their lack of faith. And he marveled at their unbelief. But he had a solution, and his solution was to go around to the villages teaching and preaching the work of God. Vine's expository dictionary translate verse 5 this way. He could do, there do no mighty work save that he laid his hands upon a few sick folk and healed them of minor ailments. I've always pictured that maybe somebody had like a light headache and got healed that day. But there were no blind eyes open. There were no deaf ears open. The lame did not walk that day. Now religion would have us believe that, well, it was just not the will of God that day. But that's not what the Bible says. They, they limited what took place because of their unbelief. Matthew's account, Matthew 13 and verse 58, and Jesus did not do many miracles there because of their lack of faith. But Jesus had an answer. He had a solution. Mark 6 and verse 5 says he went round about the villages teaching. 
And so we know from what Paul wrote in Romans 10, verse 17, how does faith come? If someone knows nothing about healing, how does someone find out about healing? If someone has never had the thought to believe God for a healing, how does that thought, how does that God idea come? Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So to develop your faith, to develop your prayer life, to stretch your faith, one of the things you have to do is faith cometh by hearing. It doesn't say faith cometh by having heard. Faith comes by hearing the word of God. We would say it this way. Faith comes by hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing. Well, Austin, I went to the week of increase last year. Great. But faith comes by hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing. And so in our lives, we're to, we're to be in the word. And we're to be committed to hearing the word of God. And we're to be studying to show ourselves approved. Hearing and hearing and hearing and developing and developing and developing and stretching and stretching. So, so we can just see what God can do and what God will do when we have faith as a seed. Nothing will be impossible for you. And again, before we end, I want to just reference Romans 12 and verse 2. How do we develop our faith? It's not just by hearing. You've got to renew your mind to the Word of God. Romans 12, 2. How do we develop our own faith? It's not just by hearing and renewing our mind. You've got to go to Joshua 1, 8. How do we develop our own faith? By meditating on His Word. How often? Well, I'm coming to the week of increase, and I'll be there next year. No. How, how do we develop our own faith? By meditating on his word. How often? Day and, Day and night. How do we develop our own faith? By just doing the, the favorite parts that we like. Is that how we develop our faith? We develop our faith by being careful to do everything written in it. So maybe, maybe you've mastered one area. Maybe you've mastered the things of God, some in your finances, or maybe, maybe, maybe you have no trouble believing God when it comes to a healing in your physical body. Well, what about praying for others? What about praying for family members or for children? Or maybe you've mastered healing and you've mastered finances. Well, what about some of these other areas like walking in love? Well, we're all to be walking with them. And that brings us back to John's gospel. We're all to be abiding in him and his word and his words abiding in us. And we're, we're to be committed to doing that every day of our lives until we see him face to face. The goal, the aim is perfection. And Paul, in his own walk with the Lord, he didn't get there, but that was the goal, to run the race with perseverance, giving, pastor dealt with this Sunday morning, giving God our best. And when we give him our best, we can expect his best.